Good morning, Vikings. This is Eddie, the Inside Magazine designer of the Norse Code, here to bring you a writer's point of view in the creation of the spring issue, making our third issue and our final issue for this year of 2022 to 2023. And thank you, readers, to join us. We have some amazing articles to cover. Each one has a writer who will share a little bit about the article and their point of view behind its research. Stick around or skip to each timestamp if you are interested in a specific article. And if it's not morning, as Truman would say, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. So we got senior thanks, and this is contributed by multiple uh, seniors part of journalism, including myself. But at, we got here, we got uh, Mr. Allstat here to share uh, almost like the origins of it. So like, how did it like start it with Senior Thanks? Yeah, um, maybe five or six years ago, something like that. The seniors at the time wanted to do something uh, just about their time being on the Norse Code. And a lot of them had been on it for, you know, three or four years. Um, and I think they enjoyed their time. So they wanted to do something where they kind of reflected on it or, or whatever they might have wanted to do. And I, I think the underclassmen after that um, just liked it. And then when they became seniors, they carried it on. So it's kind of become a tradition. Okay. And then it has it been consistent or? I think pretty much. I think they've pretty much done it every year um, for the last five or six years. So. Okay. And then how, how do you feel about this year? About saying goodbye to your seniors, well, and, and <laughs> so I haven't I haven't read it yet. Um, I'm looking forward to reading it, but uh, it's always kind of bittersweet when seniors leave. Um, people that I've known and a lot of the people in, in here have been in the class for four years, and I've gotten uh, to know them quite well, including yourself, as you said. Um, so it's always. Uh, it's always kind of sad to see um, them, you know, mo moving moving on. But at the same time, I, I'm excited for them because usually by the time you're a senior, you, you feel like mentally and emotionally they're ready to move on from high school. And, and a lot of them have uh, bright things ahead in their future. So it's, it's a lot more excited for, you know, the kids and, and what they're going to going to next and, and things like that but obviously we miss them around here too gotcha um, is, has there not necessarily a favorite student and that's not what I'm <laughs> asking here but I'm asking um, what was like a piece in Senior Thanks that was the most enjoyable or like the mo or like the one that stands out the most uh, in like this one piece or on an entire Senior Thanks yeah the, I mean I would here. say the, the ones that always make you know, make me feel feel good about what we're doing in journalism is the students who say things like, and there's been a few instances of them who say things like, you know, when I started this class as a freshman, um, I was real introverted. I was very shy, and I didn't uh, I didn't really like to talk to people or come out of my comfort zone. Well, that, and then that change of a person, right? Yep. And then see how they grow over over their time. And they say, well, journalism made me interview people and come out of my shell a little bit and communicate and write and and but especially the interviewing aspect about how they have you know i basically say you got to go talk to people and they don't like it at first and then they still don't like it and then eventually they get used to it and then they become comfortable with it over the years and so a lot of them have said things like it's made me a better communicator it's made me more 
you know, improve my social skills and things like that. And it's improved my confidence. And that's, um, you know, m- much more than having kids go into journalism as a career. Yeah. Which has only happened a couple times. I, I, um, I'm not. <laughs> right. It's, it's just more about working on their soft skills, communication skills, confidence, writing Be skills. more of a people person type At, of thing. Yeah, for sure. So that's what I, that's what I always, those are my favorite stories, I would say. Gotcha. And then I was like a little branch off of that uh, for those who are thinking about doing journalism like as far as like this class mm-hmm. or just like n- never really thought of what do you recommend to like the people that don't really know if they want to do this class or not um well I, I think what appeals to most people about this class is it's um for the most part people are choosing what they're covering what they're writing about what they're investigating um it's uh you you set your own deadlines in this class i mean i'm, I'm there to assist with that but it's kind of a work at your own pace it's a project-based class it's probably one of the only project-based classes that uh that we have in this school i'm sure Other there are a few like but... uh, ap research something sure like yeah but this feels more relaxed and it's like more more like on my own pace that i'm able to do the things I want to do right. for the magazine, and, and and don't get me wrong, you're still held accountable. And of once course. you choose that, oh, yeah. <laughs> once you choose yeah, that deadline, course. you know you're held to it. But um, I think people like that they they choose what they write about. At the same time, I I kind of encourage them to branch out, so they're not always covering the same types of things. And and again, it it will. I I think if you are engaged in the class, it will improve your communication skills. It will improve your research skills. It will improve your writing skills. So. And people have fun. And, that, and that's all what journalism is about, is really just to have fun with it. Uh, thank you for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for everyone who made it this far into the podcast, unless you decided to skip towards uh, my section where I talk about my article, which my article is about e-commerce, e-commerce business, how it was like the online buying and selling um, either a product or a service online and that my article covers you know um, this broad pathway this broad like concept of um, online business that a lot of these entrepreneurs are you know nowadays being very very much profitable off of this and it's I go through the different methods I go through the mindset I go through you know what you could do to like learn this which simply put you can just like look up um, a lot of videos you can get online courses and stuff like that but like you know what made me decide to explore this topic was you know it was a concept this entire concept I wanted to teach to my late cousin who passed away and he was someone that um that i knew that could could have done a whole lot more if he were to you know learn you know skills and aspects of the trade of you know e-commerce this type of thing where you can be really profitable anywhere um but you know it is as of right now it is too late for that but um i decided to write this article in some sort of memory of him personally but also it was a topic i really wanted to explore 
so like the thoughts i had of going into this type of uh, article was for me to research more on this topic to later on um commit to one one of business models that is specifically around online so i'm able to work anywhere from home because my my dream job is to well not say a dream job i would say more of a dream of me being in financial freedom and this is one of the one uh, ways that you can do as of right now in in these couple years just because of how technology has grown social media is everywhere and you are listening to it on, on spotify or anywhere else that you may find this a podcast but um you know as you see how technology has grown so has the market of how the market around technology such as this has grown so it it's something that I felt like that I want to dig deeper into it and want to explore and also teach people that they can improve themselves both mentally as an entrepreneur and also as a person to follow a specific philosophy, to follow a specific mindset to go throughout this entire concept and this concept in general of e-commerce and online business, you know, is take is fascinating to say at least of like you know how much money you can make in a single day uh, just online instead of like opening up a store trying to um pay wages to uh workers to carry out an an entire task and and sell and make profits when you're able to sell them yourself just specifically online um online courses and online books um you can do a fashion brand you know do designs for it and and sell the clothing items something that follows along those lines um shout out to corbin with his um little little business that he started up um and yeah it is definitely a uh, subject that i i absolutely want to explore into and you know i kind of want to give the opportunity for everyone to explore that topic all, all in itself because it is true truly fascinating and you know the growth of technology is just out there so we have to grow with it so on to the next subject so how you doing graham i'm doing good how are you i'm doing fantastic so can you tell me a little bit more of your article i know it's like something about chat gbt the same yeah guy. so i'm writing it or i wrote an article about chat gbt and basically how it's being used and how it can be used uh, in the classroom both for positive and negative. So mm. ChatGPT is a, a program that recently came out by a company called OpenAI mm. and it's an artificial intelligence that users can input a uh, any command type of thing. Yep, any command yeah. and it gives very realistic answers and can even write essays and various projects that could be related to school activities. Yeah. So the article is basically about how it's going to be impacting the education in schools going forward. So strictly education, not necessarily anything else. It does. The article does discuss some different aspects about how okay. it can impact jobs as well. Um, 
I know that one of our teachers, Mr. Molitor, has has used ChatGPT and shown it to his father, who is, I believe, a veterinarian, and how it's sped up work in in that field and、mm. and different different、uh, mostly white collar jobs it's helped with. Okay, yeah, no, man, I feel like. AI stuff like this,、uh, and there's gonna be a lot more. With, and OpenAI is leading the charge with AI so far, with like public use type of thing. Yes,、um, I feel like it's very, very usable. For one of my articles, I was talking about、um, how ChatGPT and, and stuff like that,、um, AI can literally use so many different、uh, aspects to help with business. How to start your own business? You can literally ask how to start your own business, starting with like a hundred dollars, and it will、uh, like help you accumulate more、yes. wealth on that. It's、I、a very powerful program. It's very exciting to、yeah. see all the the new ways that I can it can help us. But also because we're going into uncharted territories, there's、right. there's some、it's、concerns, ethical concerns, ethical、yeah. concerns, moral reasons,、um, you know, stuff like that. It's a very touchy subjects. Yeah, like for example, robots. You know, having them walk around with us to help service us. You know, ethically,、mm-hmm. how, what do they, you know, you know, stand? But what made you decide to explore this? Yeah,、uh, honestly, I learned about ChatGPT through TikTok. I saw videos of of people using the program to write school papers.、Mm-hmm. And then I, of course, had to look it up and see what it actually was. And I was, I was playing around with it, and I realized pretty quickly how. Powerful、yeah. the the program is, and it was kind of eye opening that I can just have this program do anything for me, and it just made me want to investigate it further to see what it's really all about, how it works, and、uh, how it's going to impact us going forward. Just just the the community of of everybody using it really、yeah. inspired me. Yeah. So I mean, what are some thoughts that you had while writing this article? Um, you know, there's some things like how powerful this is. This really was. That's one thing. But what's like another thing that goes through your head? Like for example, like John,、uh, Johnson's quote,、uh, yeah, talking about how bad it is. Yeah, definitely. I thought one of the more interesting things I learned was how split the the school faculty is on the manor.、Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I I'm gonna be referencing Mr.、Uh, Molitor a lot because he uses it prolific. Prolifically in the in the class,、yeah. he he uses it to help distill down information from long passages. He uses it to to write summaries to do a lot of different stuff.、It、has a lot of utility. Yes, he has found it to be very helpful in the classroom. But a lot of other teachers, like Mr. Johnston, for instance, have found it to be very frightening、mm-hmm. because he. One of the main ways he grades his AP classes is through、right. long essays,、yeah. and that's where ChatGPT does very then well. You, then you're able to cheat in some of those AP classes, which, yeah, that's the ethically wrong aspect. So, what was your、um, thoughts when you are, you know, finding out some of this information? Did it may you change your opinion on、um, on this AI? I think writing the article helped me gain a more nuanced opinion、right. on it.、Um, I think, well, for Uh, AI in general is not going to be going away. It's、yeah. going to be with us. So I think it's helped show me that artificial intelligence is not something that we need to be scared of and and just absolutely try to shun because it's it it's going to stay as schools. I think what I've what I've been kind of learning is that we schools need to help. 
teach how to use it, how to use it in, a, in an ethical manner and a way that helps them develop thoughts better. Um, it does a lot of the, the grunt work. Uh, you can't just be copying from it, but you know, maybe helping it generate ideas or, or any of that sort of stuff. Um, mm. It's it's a really new field. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think we quite know exactly how it's going to change our lives, just that it will. Um, so I think we need to be cautiously optimistic about it and and kind of see where that goes. Word. So, so this article kind of like opens up that that type of idea of like really explaining it and like the two two different sides of it, but. Um, you know th- this type of approach of like we should be utilizing it in the most safest manner i feel like that's a wonderful approach yeah for this type of thing mm-hmm. because it will one push us forward and also be able to catch up with technology um ourselves um this this type of generation and anyone reading this article so i'm glad that you made this piece and thank you for having us yeah thank you yeah no problem Hi, Maddie. So, what type of article are you, uh, what are you writing about? I did a feature article about memory. So, it goes through, like, how you start, how your memories start and how they go away. Um, and then it goes into, like, what happens, like, as you get older. Um, not necessarily, like, well, you have Alzheimer's or you have dementia. It's, like, other things that, like, make sense as to why you're forgetting your memory more. Okay. So, I mean, what... I usually forget how I'm um, doing my homework, but it's like, what made you like decide to explore this? Because that actually sounds interesting. Um, I think, like, my great grandma is like 103, so like she doesn't have like any problems, but it's just like her memory is like slowly going away. So uh-huh. it's like, and she like doesn't have anything wrong, so it's like it makes sense as to why like you're 103 years old, so your brain is obviously gonna remember different things than when you were younger. So it was like more personal type of thing, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what are some thoughts while writing this article? I just hope it doesn't happen to me. Oh. Uh-huh. I just don't want to lose my memory. But I also like think about like when we're younger and everything like that. Like I realized that I started remembering things way younger than like I think I was supposed to. But Really? Yeah. Like how like, my first memory that I, like, remember, remember, I was, like, two. Okay. So it was way earlier than, like, the three, four range. Yeah, there's, I mean, I don't remember anything when when I was, like, around two and I was in Mexico uh, after I was born, just, like, two years in Mexico, and I had zero memory of that. But, I mean, I just find it interesting, like, how young you're, you can remember and then how old start to lose that memory right right i think it's valuable to just cherish every memory you got type of cherish every moment yeah Yeah. you never know what you're gonna remember or what you're gonna forget (laughs) and thank you for joining us you're so welcome so rachel uh, can you tell me more about your article i believe it's about homework yeah so with this article my main goal was i you always hear people complaining about homework and like talking about it so I really wanted to interview students and staff and find out more about what like what people are complaining about with it. Oh, like the specifics, like mm-hmm. what what makes like homework drive you crazy type of thing, yeah, like what, for AP testing or like whatever stuff like that. Yeah, like what are the problems people are seeing with it? 
Gotcha. I remember I did do a homework article before, mm-hmm. um, and you can definitely find it at uh, mynorsco.com. Uh, uh, you can find it with our magazine and a bunch of different articles that we put on the website. Um, well, this, this one, like, I really, like, go into other specifics of, like, the effects of homework of, and honestly, the more of the opinion aspect of why don't we just get rid of it. Yeah. I, it's just a lot of student and staff opinions about what can be done about it, what the problem is, and what can happen to make it better. And what are some thoughts that you have while writing this article? My or like doing the research type of thing? My thoughts were obviously that as a student myself, I know what I personally have problems with about homework. Um, but my thoughts kind of when when I was uh, doing interviews and figuring out more of what staff was saying, I really found it interesting about like uh, how many like conclusions people can come to, like how many solutions people can actually have like that are pretty simple that I just didn't think about before. And that's the reason why you decided to make this as a feature article instead of, like, another opinion article Mm -hmm. about... Yeah. I didn't just want it to be my opinion. I wanted it to be uh, students and staff opinions. So basically, New Berlin West's opinion, not homework. Yeah, not just, like, my overall opinion, but the school's opinion. Yeah, that that is a very solid take. Uh, Thank thank you for joining us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, So, can you tell me a little bit about your article? It's about student burnout. Yes. So I wrote an article on the Talented and Gifted programs and their effects on student burnout. Basically analyzing the definitions of Talented and Gifted programs, what they are, and then how that leads to higher level students developing student burnout, the symptoms of that, and how they can cope. So can you tell me a little bit about the coping? Uh, how that works? Like, where's like the best way to cope, really? So students with student burnout, the coping factor I mainly looked at was um, eliminating its source. Um, Because once you have student burnout, the way to cope is just regular mental health um, patterns and like seeing a therapist, focusing on your eating, nutrition, like basic coping skills, which isn't what I looked at specifically in this article. Mm -hmm. I looked at how fixing talented and gifted programs, the way they're structured and the support we offer students can lead to less student burnout. So I guess support of student burnout wouldn't be the best way to describe it, but instead the support of the programs then in turn with the effect of that helping lower student burnout cases. Any like personal thoughts while writing this article or? I am a talented, like I was enrolled in the talented gifted program. So as a talented gifted student, I would say like firsthand I experienced that burnout. So it definitely motivated me to like want to discover how like, not blaming the program, but like how the root of that program helped lead to like symptoms I see in my friends and sometimes myself when I feel that exhaustion. So gotcha. it was an intriguing topic to me because I've related to it. And offer solutions so that, I mean, that I think that's great for yes. all the people that could be in that program and then, you know, can see this article and really say, wow, yeah, this is like definitely a way for me to work through this and I can definitely go through it. So, I mean, what made you decide to explore this in the first place? I mean, I definitely wanted to figure it out for myself, learn about, like, the root of these problems. Yeah. But also, hopefully seeing students feel seen and, like, understand that their issues are real issues, that you're not just tired because you're in high school, but, like, there are elements that led up to this. 
And also, because we're a school that uses talented and gifted programs that are mandated through the state, yeah. how like teachers can support their students since we offer a lot of higher level classes and APs are very normalized here and early college credit programs. There just needs to be more support offered alongside these programs as students are being pushed more and more to be more competitive that there are mental health consequences to those decisions. Yeah, there's a lot of those factors and a lot of like extracurricular like clubs and activities right. that you can... Time management is also a big factor in stress. So, you know, going with that, like going with like an exploration of this in this article is definitely going to benefit a lot of people. So thank you for joining us. Definitely. So, hey, Kevin, how you doing today? I'm a little tired, but I'm doing good. How are you, Eddie? Okay. Okay. I'm do- I mean, I'm doing good. Uh, can you explain a little bit about your nutrition article? I know this is a big piece for you. Yeah, of course. So I've been working on this piece for a little bit. Uh, but basically, I'm going into depth about how our nutritional standards are as a country right now and as a society. Uh, I dive into why we make the food choices that we do, how we come across with making decisions ourselves, and how these ideas or how our ideas right now are kind of flawed, and also how to... Uh, hopefully put ourselves into better positions to be more healthful and healthier. Okay, and what, what made you decide to like explore s- stuff like this? Um, so I'm planning on becoming a dietitian, and I okay. wanted to look at why or if there was a root cause for everything, which honestly I think it's too specific to say there is a root cause for everything because everyone has different reasons for why they eat. I know some people have eating disorders, some people just eat for pleasure or for because uh, it just because why not but overall i think it depends on the kind of person so it's too broad to really say that there's just this one key reason as to why nutrition needs to be more addressed and also why it's becoming more addressed at the current times yeah and is this like specifically like because like we're in the u.s and like a lot of our statistics have not been great with nutrition facts and stuff like that um, I think that's part of it. I think we're also just becoming more aware as a society that not only do we have, like, obviously our climate is suffering, but also we are suffering at the moment. Like, um, we're typically not one of the more healthier countries. We're, we like we like things fast-paced. We like, to be, we like the ease of comfort, getting food in, and not really having to worry too much. It's the simplicity and ease that Americans love. And so we commonplace, we sacrifice some of the basic health factors uh, just to get a quicker meal in. And I think that comes to our detriment. Uh, And so I think people are becoming more aware now that obviously we can't be strictly eating fast food. And most people are eating strictly fast food. But there are some extreme cases out there that are getting real polarizing attention, like... uh, there's entire TV shows based around weight loss and that whole journey. Like it's become that big of a issue. That yeah, like stuff like my six hundred pound. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so I think more people are more people are interested than they used to be, and more people are looking at it because also with the whole body positivity thing, that's also something. Is that as much as I really wanted to write this piece, I knew that it was going to be at least polarizing to the effect that someone wasn't going to like it. Yeah. And that's 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 okay. Like, nutrition, at the same point that it's trying to help people, someone's always going to say, but it's my body, it's whatever. And that's fine by you, but for me personally, I see nutrition as a way that you can uh, help better yourself and better the people around you. Because uh, 
It's just a better way to live your life, in my opinion. Because living with a good, healthy life going to last you a long time. 100%. 100%. And I do remember, like, while I was doing research for my own article piece, uh, there's this one fact that came up from the book Ikigai. Okay. Where it's like... Uh, how to live uh, in the most like long-lasting, uh, happiest life you can have. Yeah. And basically, in one of the first chapters, they mentioned that you just need to eat like towards eighty percent full. You don't need to be at capacity at all times, type of thing. No, and I I also think something that isn't really talked about is that nutrition isn't just eating better it could also be like eating less or eating more dependence on that like one thing that keeps popping up on obviously my instagram feed along with other feeds is uh lower calorie snack options that have been biggering up because i I talk about in the piece uh something called volume density which is basically just how big a food is and if you strictly are going more towards volume dense foods you're able to fill yourself up without actually eating like a lot of calories Like, there's this one kind of uh, popcorn out by Orville Redenbacher, I think it's called Smart Pop, mm. that uh, an entire bag of it is 100 calories compared to another company that makes it, it's like 300 calories. So it's just making that those conscious decisions that maybe it's not eating more of, or eating less of the foods you're eating right now, but eating more of foods that are not as caloric or better for you. Yeah, like, for example, I switch up from, like, thousand, like, what there's pieces out there that are just like like the entire pie thousand calories yeah. or more yeah. and then i switch up to one says the entire pie 350 and yeah. half of that is just me and me and my brother and we're filled up and it's all sad and good yeah of course so thank you so much for for joining us and to talk about a little bit about your piece yeah of course eddie happy to help yeah thank you so much yeah, of course Thank you, Olivia, for joining us uh, to this little podcast skit. So can you explain a little bit more about your article? It's about language, correct? Right. So for my um, senior research paper for journalism, I wrote about the importance of foreign language. And I wrote about how the study like enhances our abilities culturally, linguistically, and like neurologically. So I talk about all the ways that language impacts like the brain and how it helps us like interact with people and make new connections and then I also talk about um, how to like get into foreign language so like we have many programs at school that you can take like Spanish and French and then if that's like not interesting to you you can also like learn outside of school on plenty of online websites things like that yeah like stuff like what Duolingo is very very good so I mean what made you decide to explore this in the first place um well I'm currently in French 6, so I've been taking it since 7th grade, and I really liked studying foreign language, and I think it's been very impactful to me, and I'm also traveling to France over the summer, so I can use all of my knowledge there, so I thought it would be nice to research a little bit more on the impacts of foreign language. So you're very more involved with language, like, throughout your entire high school career, Mm -hmm. and you just absolutely want to explore more into this like personally for me i'm in spanish five i've been involved with spanish my entire life specifically because i'm my entire family's native i'm a native in mexico um and you know it's always been um i guess a struggle to try to learn but i'm hoping to learn a little different insight once i read this article um 
and thank you so much for joining this for today. So, I mean, what were some of these thoughts that you have while writing this article? Something I thought about was trying to explore like the smaller details in learning so it can help benefit students in like learning. Mm. Like that. Okay. Yeah, um, that's about it. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. So Moira, thank you for having us. Yep, um, for sure. What can you tell me a little bit more about your article? Yeah, so my summer jobs article, it was basically a summary of like a bunch of different jobs like indoor, outdoor that kids, especially high school students, can have the opportunity to do during the summer and like mm-hmm. in our community, like in New Berlin or cities near New Berlin and just different ideas because I know kids struggle with like, well, what can I do during the summer? Like making more money. So it was just like kind of an idea board for kids to go off of. Yeah, I, I think it's great to give like almost like a point in the right direction of, mm-hmm. you know, different jobs that people can think about. So, um, what made you decide to explore this type of topic? Um, I know that even me personally and a lot of my friends have, like, like I said, a struggle with, like, well, what can I do during the summer and, like, just wanting to make some extra money, especially if, like, you have the time. So, I guess I just wanted, like, myself be able to explore, like, all these different options and I know other kids can relate to, like, what can we do more during the summer. Right. I mean, I know that, like, one job that I could take um, mm-hmm. if I want to is, like, lifeguarding. So, like, yep. if you take a class in lifeguarding here, yeah. you're able to have that as a summer job. Yeah, I kind of want to link it to, like, what we can do in school, too. Like, jobs that you can do, like, off of that. Yeah, because I feel like once you, for, for example, when you go to college, there's going to be, like, work study. Mm-hmm. So, like, being able to, like, manage your time early on, like, yeah. having a summer job, you know, at, at, like, a younger age. Not, like, a nine-to-five, but just, like... You know that type of working a stand yep. type of thing. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, it's a really good opportunity. So, what are your thoughts while writing this type of article? Um, I was just thinking, like, I want to be able to help other kids and like the kids here, help them. Like I said, just with like more things I can do over the summer. And I s- explained in the article like all the different benefits. So I want to explain the benefits, like you said, of that come with that job and like with college, like it looks good on like things like that. And just like making more money, and which opens like your horizons throughout the summer. Gotcha. Um, that's that's about it. Thank you for having us. Yeah, basically. for sure. So I can stop right there. Oh, that's the wrong. So Lexi, so like you got your own article going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can you tell me a little bit more about about this article? Uh, yeah, so it is about childhood TV shows and how they have impacted not only younger people, but this generation. Um, I talk about the different channels. I talk about Disney. I talk about Nickelodeon, PBS, and Cartoon Network. And basically, I went around asking people which channel had they watched the most and then which of those TV shows has impacted them the most, really. I definitely so. love Cartoon Network. Yeah. So, so, I mean, what what made you decide to explore this? Um, basically, so, um, during first semester, well, first semester exams, um, during the period that we have journalism, um, we decided as a class to watch Bluey. Yeah, <laughs> And I love Bluey, so I was all for that. Um, so basically, I just had Bluey on my mind, and, and, that's and it made, how you, I, made you think of like what other people' childhood are, right? Yeah, 
So, I mean, what are your thoughts, like, while writing the article, like, as you, like, explore into this and finding some of the, those results that you were surveying? Um, probably, the th so while I was writing it, I didn't really have the idea, I was, I basically just had the idea that kids' shows impacted people more than TV shows they watch now. Mm-hmm. And then I got deeper into it, and I was like, this is where they le le they learn life skills. Like, some shows teach them equality, um, adventure, just a whole bunch of different... Different like, life skills. Yeah. yeah, some of them, like, even teach you how to do ta what taxes are or something like that. Yeah, that is very funny. Like, they teach you communication skills. I know Bluey does that. I just, I love Bluey so much. It's... <laughs> It's not okay. It's not healthy, but I love it. Gotcha. So. Anyway, thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. Thank you for making to the end. The rest of the magazine contains many photos that we've done. Thank you for those who have helped me complete this photo project to this. And also thank you to the journalism class for this experience. This concludes the Norse Code Spring Issue Podcast. Be sure to read our articles online and through our website. Articles such as the e-commerce will be posted online as the full version. Um, and many sports features and opinion articles are also featured online and only online as well. And if you're a student who are who is willing to join the Norse Code, you can sign up for this elective class. And those who are a friend or a fam family of a Viking, thank you for joining us today. Signing off.